Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. No one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. Yo ho, yo 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 ho, yo yo. We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Bravo! Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Gangplank Report. We are discussing episode four, which Bravo called Pissed on Chickens Don't Compare. (laughs) And we've decided to call Incinerating Pigs. (laughs) (laughs) That's got a double meaning there. (laughs) We'll explain that in a minute. But first, your rapid recap with Jen. Okay, the crew do their best to keep Justin and Terry separated and Eddie finally gets her to her room. Guess Colin gets the same verbal dress down from Justin that Terry did, but manages to convince Justin to go to his cabin. The next morning is Eddie and Heather relay what happened. Cap is livid and as he put it, pissed on chickens can't compare. Jake wants the deckhands to keep the same shift through a whole charter and Raina isn't happy about being on lates. Cap lets Eddie drive the boat to the anchorage and then has a sit down with the guests. The sit-down is like being a fly on the wall in the principal's office watching Justin take his verbal licks from Captain Lee. As they get set up for the beach picnic, Rachel's pre-cooked pig catches fire. Raina's taking Jake's change in attitude hard and called her mom crying. Despite the pig being burnt, the guests love the luau and it keeps the crew from having to do two sit-down meals. Jessica complains of being seasick and Heather lets her knock off 20 minutes early but then gets annoyed when she sees Jess flirting with Wes two hours later. The next day, the crew starts to show flaws as they lose a fender cover when they're heading into dock. Eddie immediately puts the mistake on Wes's inexperience on mega yachts. Hot tub hijinks after a crew night out lead to a guilty conscience call for Eddie, a three-way kiss between Fraser, Raina, and Jake, and Jake confessing he's engaged. And that's your rapid recap. All right, well... I feel like this particular episode was another one of those filler episodes, kind of. Yeah. I'm grateful that the obnoxious guests got their comeuppets because I feel like that was just, I mean, that even was over the top. On some level, you grin and bear it when guests act obnoxiously, but that was just over the top. And I think everybody recognizes that. There was no... Lee questioning whether this was something he should go to the guests with or not. I think that the crew did a very good job of explaining what happened and why it seemed dangerous and why it should be addressed, which is not something that we saw on the Mediterranean last season with Lexi and her entire situation where the crew just didn't really do a good job or didn't have the opportunity to. Yeah. This I felt like was handled the best possible way it could because. Lee's correct. 
the crew are not there to be abused by the guests, no matter what. It's one thing to ask for a lot of bath towels. It's an entirely different story to tell the entire crew to beat feet and jump off the boat or die. Right. So I am grateful that it was handled the way that it was. That's exactly what should have happened. Having a conversation with the guests in question was the way to go. And I think it was handled well. What do you think? I agree. I think that it was very gratifying for me to see what I would think of as the school bully get dressed down by the principal. And he started to say he doesn't know the context. And Lee's like, I don't want excuses, you know? So, and he immediately shut up and the primary even apologized for his friends. And Justin did look like a puppy with a tail between his legs. So he got the message and he was really quiet and out of the eye of the camera most of the rest of the time. I saw him try and make amends a little with Terry when they were at the luau, but I think it was handled properly and they got the message and I think you have to be quick about it. And I think it was handled quickly enough. I know Captain Lee said he needed to calm down or else he would lose his stuff, but I feel like there wasn't any better way to go about this and he got the results he wanted. So good job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that it just shows that there is a way to handle a really uncomfortable situation like that, that it doesn't make the entire crew feel like they have to walk on eggshells constantly, because that can be a a byproduct of a conversation like that. And it didn't need to be that way. And it's nice, I would think, for a crew to know that their captain has their back. Yeah. And doesn't let them get abused just because these people have money. That's nice to see. I agree. Usually in life, we see rich people getting away with everything under the sun. So there was a little justice involved there that I enjoyed. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that one of the things that you covered in your recap was this situation with Raina and Jake, Mm -hmm. you know, switching gears here a little bit. And I found that entire situation very interesting. I think that Well, you had some thoughts on this. I do. I feel like I understand where Jake is coming from. When you're given responsibility, you want to step up to the plate. So he wants to see things done right. But I do think that he took a big left turn in attitude. And I agree with, honestly, I agree with Wes the most because Wes was in the middle and he said that Jake was letting it get to his head a little too much. And Raina was being over dramatic about it. So I think there's room on both ends for them to improve, but I do see the shift that Raina was talking about, but she can't expect because they kiss once that things are going to be like, she's going to have an in. Right. Or like she should be treated differently because of that. Right. Exactly. And then the other part of it was when she went to Eddie with, well, Eddie came to her actually and asked her what was going on and she wasn't going to say anything about it. And he kept pressing it. And so she finally told him that the way that Jake was speaking to her wasn't acceptable and she wasn't going to receive it correctly because it was too aggressive. And he was making remarks that she's not pulling her weight and things like that. And she didn't feel that that was accurate. And Eddie immediately defended Jake. He didn't say, he said, well, maybe you should take some of that in. And I'm thinking, oh, if I went to my boss and 
filed a complaint about how I was being spoken to. And that was the first response I got. I don't know that I would be happy with it either. And Raina wasn't. She said on her last boat, if she had gone to an officer on her last boat, that he would have said, tell the guy to go F himself and come see me next time. So I don't know that Eddie should have done that, but he seems extremely willing to put off. And I mentioned it in the recap, like with the fender cover going off, he immediately blamed that on Wes's inexperience with mega yachts. But as lead deckhand, you would think that that would be something that Jake would have governance over that he should be checking up on these things as well. And Eddie seems willing to put things on Raina or on Wes to kind of put Jake in a bubble because Jake's his pick. And I think that he's got a little too much emotional investment there in it looking bad on him that he made a bad pick if he criticizes Jake. Does that make sense? Yes. It makes it difficult for him to be objective about situations when it pertains to Jake's performance and or behavior if he's not looking at it in the way that everybody else is because he wants to make sure that Jake doesn't make him look bad. Right. It's easy to blame everybody else so that you don't look bad as a manager when you put somebody in charge of something and everybody else is complaining about it. So at some point it's going to be, is Jake the problem or is everybody else the problem? Right. Or is Eddie the problem for choosing Jake in the first place? And that's the thing. And I think that he sees something in Jake and I'm not saying Jake can't do the job. We haven't seen him do it long enough yet to know, but I did see the change in attitude. I did see him being much more terse and a little demeaning in the way he spoke to Raina. So I get both of their sides. She really did clam up and she seems so far like the type of person where when she has a problem, everybody's going to have a problem because she's just going to silent treatment it, do what she has to do, but not really try and resolve the problem or get past it until she's ready. So there's fault to go all around in this the one I don't see the most fault in is Wes and I don't know if it's just because I'm kind of endeared to him a little but he seems like the most common sense person to me he reminds me a lot of Colin from Sailing Yacht Mm -hmm. where he's funny and he's engaged with the rest of the crew but kind of staying out of the drama and the melee just they're kind of as our observer almost. Right. And I like that. I like that he's kind of even keeled, at least so far. Right. And I think that that bodes well for him. I'll just be interested to see if he can keep himself out of everything for the rest of the season. Well, I think it's funny. We recorded our super fan this week before the show aired. And I was talking about me feeling like there was a connection between Wes and Jessica. And we did get to see that develop a little bit last night. And I'll be interested in that way to see if there is a crew romance that starts up for him. And if he stays the same even keeled, or if he goes off the deep end, like Jake and Raina have gone off when emotions get involved. Do you know what I mean? Right. But since they cross departments, I don't know that it's going to affect things as much as it does with Raina and Jake. Right. I agree. And I somewhat feel for Raina. I'm not saying that I don't understand where she's coming from because I do. I just hope that she is able to separate the difference between somebody who's a romantic interest and somebody who's your boss. Yeah, exactly. 
So getting back to somebody who's your boss talking about Eddie, Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of chatter last night about how proud people were of Eddie for being honest with his girlfriend and explaining to her what happened and why she shouldn't be upset about it because it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But I... (laughs) feel like that's almost an admission of guilt on its own I only saw it as a guilty conscience I could see it on his face as he was doing it when he had her up in the air and then he put her down in the water and got out really quick I knew that it was a guilty conscience thing (laughs) and the fact that he went back to his cabin and called her I don't get why people are saying oh good job Eddie for being proactive because he really was kind of dismissive of her reaction to it like that she was overreacting when in truth it was a little bit of gaslighting because he knew that the optics would be bad on it because he called her in the first place if he didn't think the optics would be bad he wouldn't have called so well he might have called her he might just not have confessed to something like that yeah yeah but I feel like the call was purposefully because of that because he knew that that's how I see it I could be wrong maybe he calls her every night and they just haven't shown it yet but the fact that he stopped himself and didn't take Heather to the laundry room (laughs) means there might be some growth there but I don't see the super major growth that he's getting props for right now I agree yeah the other thing that I found interesting was Heather and Rachel are kind of a team now which we didn't see last year because Rachel and Francesca butted heads so much and Rachel has become Heather's outlet for her frustrations with her team and she was talking a little bit about Jessica. Jessica was seasick and she had been complaining about it for a while and so Heather let her knock off 20 minutes early which to me doesn't seem like after a day of a beach picnic and Jessica was out there for a huge chunk of it, plus doing all of her laundry duties and everything else. I don't think that that's a huge concession, but apparently in Heather's mind, it was. And she was not happy to see that Jessica was still awake, sitting at the crew mess, flirting with Wes. If you were in Heather's spot, what would you think of that? Would you be as upset? Am I just taking this wrong? I don't think I'd be that upset about it. But if you're looking at the crew that I had, and if Kat was complaining that she wasn't feeling well, or Sam was complaining that she wasn't feeling well, and then decided to stay up for another two hours after going to the extent of explaining to me that they were tired or that they were sick or something along those lines, which By the way, one of them did actually do anime season Mm -hmm. and then proceeded to jump off the boat and drink in the middle of charter. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Um, (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) But I don't know. I feel like it's still too early. I had several weeks of working with the two of my girls that Mm -hmm. I had more background on them. Giving somebody an opportunity, because think about it. If you're in a situation like that, where you're getting up at six or seven o'clock in the morning and you're working all day long, that's why there's bars that stay open after hours after bartenders get off so that they can unwind and relax the same way that everybody else does from a nine to five. Right. So if she's not doing anything crazy, she's not trying to sneak off the boat. She's not drinking. She's not doing shots in the crew mess with Wes. If she's just sitting there decompressing and chatting with somebody 
mm-hmm. in a calm way, I can't say that I would be that upset about it. I might be a little bit surprised if she mm-hmm. said she was that uncomfortable or feeling that bad that maybe she didn't go to bed right away, but I don't think I'd be upset about it. I have a thing with seasickness, so which is why I don't go on boats often. And when I'm sitting down, I'm much better than when I'm laying down. So there's nothing that says that in that two hour and 20 minutes that she didn't try and lay down for a bit and it didn't help. So she went to go sit in the crew mess and eat a little something to see if that would stabilize her. I just wouldn't immediately go to the mean girl route, I guess. I wouldn't assume the worst of somebody I don't know. I generally assume the best of people until they prove me wrong. So I don't know. It just hit me kind of weird. And it could be a non-thing and it could be the cold medicine. I don't know. <laughs> so No, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think it was probably just, I, I, I'm going to throw this out there and I know it's early, but I think, and a lot of chief stews are, by the way, control freaks. Mm-hmm. So if Heather had an idea in her mind of what Jess should be doing, as opposed to what she was doing, she can't dictate to her what she does on her downtime. If she wants to sit there and have a conversation and she what I think she did have a plate of food in front of her when she, she did. was doing it. She was it. eating. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she was, again, sitting there doing shots or jumping off the boat, drinking in the middle of a charter. She was just having a conversation. So right. complain if you want to, but the girl wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. Exactly. And that's how I felt about it. And Jessica last week even compared Heather to her grandmother with calling her micromanaging Marion. And I think there is a bit of that. Heather has an idea of how you should react and how you should respond. And it's what Heather would do, you know, (laughs) and she doesn't take into account that other people aren't her. I did think it was funny when they were in the van talking about how old she was (laughs) and Fraser saying (laughs) he would have been upset if he found out that she was 10 years younger than the rest of them and he'd been taking orders from a kid i'm curious now to find out when he finds out (laughs) how old she is yes (laughs) i'm interested to see how he responds in real time because he's good with the quip off to the side but in real time he doesn't seem to be as catty so we'll see how it goes true Other than that, that pretty much covers the whole episode. We do have a question from our loyal friend, Georgie in the UK. Hi, Georgie. Yay, Georgie. And she said, the current charter guests are horrible drunks. How gutting is it as a yacht chef to spend hours and hours creating, prepping, and cooking an amazing meal only for the guests to be so drunk they can't appreciate it or even recognize what they are eating? Or does this only happen on the show? Sadly, it does not only happen on the show. It does happen in real life. And it has happened to me several times. Part of the reason why I don't like doing spring break charters anymore, Mm. even adult spring break, because sometimes the adults act worse than the kids do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it happens all the time. And it sucks. But at the same time, my job doesn't change. I'm still feeding people. It's still sustenance. So in the event that I realize that the guests are probably a little bit more inebriated than I had imagined, I might tailor my meal a little bit differently or just add a little bit more carb to the meal. Ah, soak it up. Yeah. (laughs) Soak up that alcohol. (laughs) Exactly. I also, one more thing about this episode that I don't think we talked about the Mm -hmm. beach party situation. Mm. 
if they were eating liner, as mm-hmm. they called it, at like four o'clock in the afternoon, I was actually really surprised. I mean, maybe they were still all pretty hungover from the night before because that was kind of a train wreck. Not kind of a train wreck. It was a shipwreck on top of a train wreck. But <laughs> I'm surprised that they didn't want food later. But I it was seemed- too. I mean, they were in the sun for a while, so maybe that had something to do with it. They were kind of blown out, hungover from the night before, so maybe that had something to do with it. But I was really surprised that everybody just behaved themselves and went to bed. Yeah, I agree. I was surprised by that, too, because that does seem really early, considering how late most of them stay up. I did find it funny that I watched with closed captioning, so I don't miss anything, and they kept putting liner in quotes And (laughs) I didn't realize nobody else used that term because we use that in the Midwest a lot. They were acting like Heather had created a new word. And I'm like, I've been saying liner for years. (laughs) Liner is like the afternoon version of brunch. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I was surprised that they only did two meals that day. To me, I mean, even if you're doing a big thing, you could at least have something snackish in the evening, something small and maybe not a full-blown sit-down meal, but something. I was surprised by that too. And I was surprised. I kind of was and wasn't surprised about the tip because anytime people make fools out of themselves, they tend to think that money makes up for it. So I, I wasn't surprised that it was big, but at the same time, I kind of was because they don't seem... Or they hadn't given the vibes off as super rich people. I think that was a monetary apology. I agree. Other than that, next week, it looks like the deck crew is going to lose some more covers, which is always fun. And it looks like there might be some rocky waters in that area. Other than that, I don't think they really illuminated us on too much, did they? Oh, the woman, the charter guest who was flirting with Captain Lee. (laughs) That was about it. I roll. Yep. (laughs) I feel like the flirting with Lee part is nothing new though. Like we've seen drunk female charter guests do that before. Yeah, but she was kind of following him like a shadow. That's kind of creepy. That's stalkery to me. (laughs) I don't know. Hey, I don't get it. I don't understand how these women don't realize how long he's been married and just like stop trying. (laughs) It's just, I don't get it at all. So that's it for this episode. We have a super fan interview this week with Dina. She is hysterical and full of energy. We could barely keep up. So check her out on the super fan interview. And if you have any questions or you would like to be a super fan, hit us up at gangplankreport at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple if you could. That really helps us out. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.